podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Hello and welcome to Scouter Tommy's. I'm Jim Boardman and I'm joined as always by Jay Reed as we try and give you a bit of an insight into what it's like being a Liverpool fan on the doorstep of the club in and around the city. You know, we, we, we whether we get to see the games in person or on the TV, we're all, we're all lovers of this club, unless you've happen to have got the wrong podcast in which case you know go somewhere else and you probably won't enjoy this if you're not a fan but wherever you're a fan as we've always said you once you've fallen in love with this club you've fallen in love with this club and and there's certain standards and things we like to uphold as well as fans and so on but you know it's just good to sort of give you a feel of what things are like in the city and the sort of talking points sometimes may not be the same as what you get with a more national agenda or even just off social media all those other artificial worlds that you might inhabit but whatever you, whatever world you inhabit, you're a Liverpool fan, so I hope you'll enjoy the show. And Jay, how are you? A bit cold, I believe. Yeah, just not not long off back from a little uh, journey around the local area, walking a dog. But the the wind seems to be picking up, and it's a lot colder than what it has been in the last few days. Even though, you know, thankfully there's no rain. Uh, the garden's still in one piece. The fence panels are still in for now. But who knows what we wake up to in the morning? Yeah, we had snow and hailstone all kinds today. I think. But, you know, been working hard all day. It kept my head down. Obviously, I never looked out the window much. Um, yeah, it's, it's, I mean, whatever measure we talk about, we just wanted to sort of give a mention to what's been going on in Ukraine. Don't want to dwell, dwell on it too long because there's plenty of places where you can get some real information on it. But really just sending a message out that Putin has got it very badly wrong. It's not. It's not the way to do things in the modern day. It's disgusting what's going on. And just feel for the people of Ukraine who were such good hosts when Liverpool played in Kiev a couple of years ago now. And I think I think it, it shows what a good place that city was, that when you look back on, on that day or that adventure in Kiev, that the fact we lost a game isn't is hardly the first, you know, nowhere near the first thing that comes into your mind. Um, did you get there yourself, Jay? No, no, I didn't go to Kiev um, purely for uh, the cost of it, really. It was not viable. Um, it would have included maybe some flights and driving and whatever, and given the location in Europe that it is. Um, we got to Madrid. Obviously, the, it's much more accessible from from where we are in Liverpool to fly into Spain. Um, mm-hmm. But anyone who did know who went and, you know, the, the numerous people who follow on social media who are hardcore fans of the club, we've been all around um, Europe to watch the bets. I did, you know, the result didn't go as planned, but the trip they had was, was more than enough. Um, you know, to make up for the fact that the game was just 90 minutes within, you know, a weekend of of a good adventure. And, you know, the, the, I've been to other parts of Eastern Europe, in Hungary and Poland, um, Czechoslovakia, or Czechia, or however you say it these days, yeah. um, and Slovakia itself. Like, you know, the, there is a 
really some nice parts of Eastern Europe, which were part of the ex-Soviet Union. Um, and, you know, they've all got their own individual cultures and characteristics and traits. And, you know, there's really nice people out there and you, you don't wish to see what's actually going on in the last 24, 48 hours, whatever, um, you know, destroying, you know, a nice country that I hopefully I've not been to, but I could get to one day. I think that's um, it. It was definitely a place I said I'd look, I want to go back to because the impression I got of it, obviously you don't know, is it is it always as vibrant as this? Obviously, there's a football match on a major football match, and it's full of scouts as well. It's going to be it's going to be a bit of a different place, but it felt like a place that was like a city that was on the up that wanted you know wanted to find its place in the world that it wanted to be part of the world. It had its freedom and its independence, and it's just a shame that this basic dictator has come along now and wants it to go and be back to this grey old Soviet world basically which is what he seems to be to be wanting and you know there's going to be a lot of people hurt and killed unfortunately because of it and after all we've been through this last couple of years with the pandemic as well I mean you would no one in the right mind would want to put anyone through any more misery and that probably says a lot about the guy that's running that country but we just thought we we wanted to sort of you know we, we we can't not acknowledge that that's going on at the moment but the thing is it can be very easy to get yourself dragged into into all this depressing stuff. It was the same with COVID. It's the same with this now. If you're sitting watching a 24-hour news channel and all the speculation that goes on there and goes with it, it can get quite quite depressing or quite, you know, if you suffer from anxiety, it can really play on that. So this is what, for the rest of the show now, we want to sort of be a distraction from that. So it's not, you know, we're not going to have a laugh. We're going to have a joke, but we're not taking things lightly that are going on elsewhere. We're just hopefully giving you something else to listen to. And that includes any, any of the Ukrainians that do support Liverpool and do live in the city of Liverpool or even in, in the UK. Anyone who is listening from Ukraine, you know, we're thinking about you, but we're also maybe trying to give you something just, just to distract you a little bit from all of that. And, I think the one good way to distract you from that is the old favourite is football, isn't it? It distracts you from whatever's going on. And if that was Liverpool's aim last night, we're recording this the day after the Leeds game, they distracted us completely from anything else, I would say. Six goals. Did you uh, did you enjoy every minute of it or were there some things you wanna you wanna pick up on? Um, in terms of the football aspect, yeah, it was, you know, no complaints at all. Um I didn't think we were ever going to be under too much pressure um, going into the game, considering you know we nice to put four past them, never put three past them in recent weeks. I always fancied our chances to to rack up a few goals, and you know we didn't seem to ever need to get out of second gear, which is a positive sign for you know we've got a big game coming up at the weekend, which we'll touch on later on. We've got some huge games coming up for the rest of the season. Um, it's good to know that we can put teams to bed and not seem overly exerted. Um, players got to run out who have not been seen in recent weeks, the likes of Curtis Jones, um, for example. And then, you know, it's good to see the return to form slightly of Jordan Henderson. You know, he's been knocked by myself and others in in recent times, but the last few appearances that he's made, he has seemed to have taken an upward uh, curve in his, in his performance. And then, you know, there's, there's other masterclasses going on around the pitch we could eulogise for forever and a day about the lad in midfield he wears number six and the lad at the back he wears number four we could go on forever and a day but I think it was a it was a good performance all round goals from the back from the front lads you know Diaz was unlucky again not to score and it just gives you a nice warm fuzzy feeling inside that as you say no, no matter what is going on in other parts of the world and you, you cannot get too bogged down by it like it will you know 
potentially drive you crazy. And football is always a good tonic. And at these times, it, there's no better time to be in bed. We're, we're fighting on four fronts. We've not really seen this, you know, ever, especially on the, on the big competitions. We fought on multiple fronts for, before, if you look back to 2001, um, with the cup travel. But this is something special. We weren't competing at the top of the league. Then we weren't even in the, the Premier European competition. This is this is a really special time to be a Liverpool fan and there is, as you say, no better tonic to draw yourself away of the what going on in the world and sit back and enjoy and revel in, in you know, Klopp's masterful football team that we've got. I think, yeah, I think that, that 2001 season, in a way, we were kind of fighting on four fronts because we wanted to be, to qualify for the next season's Champions League, didn't we? But that that is not the same as being in for a title uh, hit, you know, having a hit at the title. And also, as you say, the UEFA Cup, as it was then, is not the Champions League. And as exciting and, and amazing as that season was, this is on, in so many ways so much more, you know, so much bigger, so much more massive. But I think the thing I remember most about that season in a lot of ways is that every single game became a cup final, didn't it? And that means, you know, your players are playing when maybe maybe they, should, they could have done with a rest or, you know, a bit of rotation that you've you've got players maybe having to play out of position because you're a bit getting a bit thin on the ground because of having to play so many games. But the thing is every single player in that in that side, any team any team we put out, anyone who was picked, put everything into it. And I think when you look at this team we've got now, they kind of do that anyway. But when they've got in this in the sort of cup final feel, it's gonna be it's gonna be some running, I think. It's really going to be some running. I just hope that we we we, we continue with that kind of determination, that enthusiasm, no complacency. And that, that is something that I've sort of fired at Liverpool more than once in, a, in the last few seasons, but not all the time. You just get those days where you feel like we've made ourselves have a bigger job than we needed to in a game. We've conceded when we didn't need to, been sloppy, and you know we've left it to the last 10 minutes to try and get some real efforts on goal. And the way we have played in recent times, that's generally been enough. We've managed to find the way through. We've managed to get the result, but... I just feel like the moment we're more of a team that, that doesn't have that complacency in there. And maybe maybe that's partly down to the amount of competition there is because you look at the side that was put out last night and how well it did without Firmino, without Jota, with Harvey Elliott sitting in the shadows, probably rested. I don't know if he's injured as such. It's it's a, it's a strong squad. I mean, I, I genuinely can't think of a squad we've had as strong as this. We've had some decent teams, but I don't think we've ever had a squad that's as, as decent as this at at all levels? No, um, not really. I think, of, you know, I don't know if Dave or yourself mentioned it on last night's post-match Raw that the competition for, pe- uh, for places is literally back to front apart yeah. from arguably the right-back position. But, we've but even got then, you've kind of got Gomez could in. come in, couldn't they, you know? And... Yeah, yeah. So we, we're not we're not at liberties to be short there. Um, it... It's it's quietly gone under the radar, and you know I think I was one of one of the people myself who thought you, the squad needed a little bit more of investment and a little bit more strengthening, and it it's quietly happened. Like you know the signings of Jota and Kanate, Thiago over the recent windows, and add to that a couple of youngsters coming through, and the likes of Jones and Elliot, and obviously Diaz in January. It, it's it's only been these little tweaks, and you know Touchwood one when we have got a near full fifth squad, which we've we're pretty close to at the moment. It's it's pretty hard to choose a match day. Is it eighteen or something we get these days? Yeah. Um 
and you look at the likes of players who've missed out in recent times, you know, the, there was Curtis Jones, as we picked up on earlier on. He's not been in the match day squad the last two weeks uh, or last two games. Uh, Harvey Elliott last night. These lads are talented players um, and the competition for places is high. And as you say, that the competition for places and when there's so much on the line in terms of what's at stake for multiple competitions that we're still in, it can only drive on performances to be better and better. And, you know, Joel Matter for one last night, we can pick up on who's been mm-hmm. questionable in terms of, you know, the level he's been performing at to the, to the one that we, you know, we, we've seen the next sort of expect from the lab. And Kanate coming against his band, imperious. I not seen a performance like that from a lad just dropped in in a long time. Yeah. And you would have no arguments if Kanate was dropped in on Sunday for the final, as you wouldn't if Joe Massive retained his place. You know, last night he sort of, he got that little bit of magic back and went off on his little adventures, which we've not seen and was reading the play so well. The, the goal was an absolute bonus, but it's, it's them little competitions for places and, you know, Gomez again could could come in and you, you would not be displeased if, if Gomez was to start on Sunday in the cup final because you know the talent of the lad, he, he can do it. Um, and that goes all across the pitch. And as you say, we're, we've been lucky across the many years that we've both been watching Liverpool, you, you much longer than I, to have arguably a few superstars. But it seems like we've got a squad of superstars now. And yeah. it's what we've all wanted. And you can't complain. And no matter what 11 goes out there, you, you feel at the moment fully confident that we're always going to come out with the positive results. I think I think that's another thing as well with the squad is that it's how it affects the other players as well. I mean, Van Dijk is not really going to feel he's, he's, he's at any risk of losing his place from the other two, you know, the other two kind of number two centre-backs, if you like, the, with Matip and sort of seeming to just edge it at the moment, but Canate sort of knocking on the door to knock him out. But you don't imagine that Van Dijk's thinking that one of them is going to take his place. But even so, it makes his his day at work a lot easier knowing that he's with those one of those two rather than some complete and utter duffer. And I think going back to when Suarez was a Liverpool player, there were times when you sort of looked at him, he always wore his heart on his sleeve when he wasn't biting someone else's sleeve. And he he <laughs> would basically show his frustration that he just done something amazing, and all he, you know, he'd basically set someone up with a tapping, and and it didn't happen, and you could you could sense the frustration, and I think they all feed off each other, you know, and I think, you know, what Matic did last night was un, was unreal, unexpected, in a way, but kind of kind of we've been waiting for it, haven't we? But that's that's the thing; these these players sort of, it, it's it's they all feed off each other, so there's the aspects of competition. I mean, certainly we've got five players for the front three now. Who any of any of the any of the five could play? You'd be surprised if Salah was dropped, for example. But I would say the other four would be pretty fluid if all were fit, and you don't know which ones will play. And I think as the season goes on, that might be what we see. We might see those four switching around, and maybe maybe even Salah getting a rest now and again if he needs it. But it doesn't ever look like he needs a rest, does he? I've never seen a player do so much and look so untired. <laughs> he, he, he's, he, he is freakishly athletic brilliant of football and everything else that comes with it um, and even if he did sit out for a game I think you know he wouldn't want to and if he ever did and came off the bench he sort of comes on with that wrath of fury like the Ginny Wijnaldum against Barcelona in the semi-final a couple of years ago where it was like right I'm, 
rolling my sleeves up and yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna cause the manager a big headache here. But even last night he was again, don't think he really he got out of second gear. He got two goals. Arguably could have had four, five. Um at the, the weekend against Norwich, that, that poor lad Brandon Williams, I think he must have went over the shoelaces tied together because his legs were all <laughs> over the place. Um he, he literally he left him in a heap about four or five times. And you know, as you say with Suarez, it was it was something different. We've we've sort of got this Suarez hybrid as has been uh, touted with Luis Diaz. He, he looks like the type of player now who just if he got left out, he wouldn't be best pleased. It's the game you play, like you you're blessed to play with the the talent that we've got. But you know, as you say, the the competition. If you if you're out for a game, the next game you come in, you know for a fact like they're gonna put something out there to say, well, you can't leave me out again. You know, Mane in the last two games, three goals, played in a new position. I thought last night he was a little bit off the boil in terms of his touch. Um and you know, he's getting used to the fact that He's playing through the middle with his back to goal at times, and sometimes it the ball bounced off him once or twice. But his intelligence of movement will never be lost because he, he's he's worked on that throughout his whole career. He's, he's had to work on his movement from a wide position, but he's working out there with three goals in two games. If anyone plays fantasy football, which I do, you know you're looking at the lad going, "Damn, you missed out on a hell of a lot of points there." Yeah. But it. it is he droppable for the weekend? You know, probably not. But then, if he was, you've got another lad in Diego or Diogo Jota, who potentially might be fit for the weekend. If he stepped in, you play well. You could probably put a fair bet on the fact that he will probably do something within that game. And if Mane was to come off the bench, you'd fancy the chances that he was to come in and do something. Or if it was Diaz who was left out, it's a luxury to have. We, we are. We are really lucky and blessed to have this Liverpool team at the moment. We need to not get too bogged down in anything and really enjoy it. Because um, this is this is a special time. It won't last forever. We've all seen the ups and downs in football. It's took us a long time to get back to the top. And now that we're here, we really need to enjoy it and maximise it. And yeah. what we're in now, four trophies, shout of, that's maximising it. Yeah, it is. I mean, I, I know certainly from, from my generation, I, I grew up in Liverpool were winning things. I didn't really know anything else, and then it stopped. And you sort of look back and wonder if you did take things for granted. And I think once you've had it taken away from you and you get it back, you, you enjoy it more. And I think certainly any fan that's been into Liverpool for more than a few years has felt us being far away from everything and not quite as close to things as we want to be, and has then felt felt that when we've made those extra steps, has felt the difference and how good that is. And we all want to keep it, and that means we all we all need to get behind the Reds, but. I think something you raised, and it is something that it does wind me up when you go to the game, is the amount of time in a game where there's just nothing from the home crowd. And you, I think you were saying it was worse than ever last night. I didn't get to go last night. I, I I was at home using my voice at home. But you were saying it wasn't... There were some big spells of quietness last night. And I think when you play a team like Leeds, they, they bring loud fans. But this wasn't... As much as they, they got the whole allocation for a league game, it wasn't a cup game. So they didn't have the whole... Of the Annie Road, for example, but from what you're saying, it, they, they well and truly outsang us. And as always, the songs aren't great, are they? So it's just not. It, it, is it is there a problem for Liverpool at the minute? Can we do anything about that as fans? Um, yeah, we can. Um, it, 
It was one of them games, as I, as I said before we started recording, I said I'd touch on it. It was, it was an element of a big game. It was partially, in a way, sort of like a European night, and it was under the lights. We had the boost at the weekend with City dropping points. We we could and we did go within three points of them. We we increased our goal difference, but I had the expectation going into the game, thinking, you know, there's something riding on this, and let's go in there and have the place bouncing and you know, give the lad. They don't need a boost, but, you know, it's always good to have. Um, and as you say, Le- Leeds bring a support, whether it's good or bad in terms of what they do and say. You know, it's, it's not been overly great in recent times of what the, their actions and the words have been coming out of them people. But, you know, they make noise. They back the lads. Um, and it, at times last night, it was freakishly quiet. Like It was almost as though you know, it was a half twelve kickoff on a Sunday afternoon yeah. against Burnley, and no one could be bothered. Like the midweek games have always got an element of something about them. Um, yeah. It it was it's odd, and it, and it's not been an uncommon feature this season. It, I don't know whether it's something to do with ticket allocations. I've like I've been looking for a Wembley ticket, unfortunately didn't get one in the ballot, and found myself following a lot of ticket sellers. Um, on social media in the last few weeks and there seems to be a huge amount of tickets being passed on, sold on, spares available for for the likes of Leeds, the likes of Norwich at the weekend and you know, in one way you're seeing, you know, fans are getting to games who maybe not getting the access that they always would like to and, you know, the opportunity when it presents itself for anyone to go to Anfield is special Um, and some people go there and wish to enjoy the experience and take it all in and some people, you know, I don't know whether they're just going there and they're just not aware of the etiquette, the songs and whatever. It just seems a bit flat and a bit meh at the moment. I don't, um, know, if it, I don't know if it's helped the way that they've changed the way tickets work now because, I mean, so going back to when there was a standing cop, you could you could decide on the day that you'd scrape together enough money to go the game, you know, because you always found a way. You might have thought you weren't going to go, but somehow you'd find a way scraping the money together and get and get to the game. You could literally make your decision like, you know, well, as long as you got there. Two or four. Yeah, you know, and it, it's it's like as long as long as, you, as long as it's not a game that's so, not every game was was all ticket. Very few were. You, you'd pretty much always go in if you didn't mind queuing up. So so you could do that. And I think the sort of more modern version of that is that if you if you sort of know where to ask and the right people to speak to, you can all sometimes decide at the last minute to go to an Anfield game now by, well, previously by going getting a fan card of someone that you know who knows someone else and knows someone else, you know, deal, dealing with handing that over before and after the game and all the rest of it. And it might be that that fan card belongs to someone you've never met and never will meet. You know, you might be sort of... You still be paying face value, I hope, but you wouldn't You wouldn't sort of necessarily meet the owner of the ticket. And And... That's that kind of sort of um, ecosystem, if you like, for tickets. That economy, if you like, for tickets is how how things went. Now it all changed, and I know the club kind of relented a little bit, didn't they, on how you can give tickets away or you know you can you can pass tickets on because now you can. The original plan was you would have to add twenty friends, wouldn't you? See friends and family list yeah. before the season started, which is just mad because you just don't know. You know the way the way things go with tickets. If you can't go to a game, you want that to go to someone who you know will appreciate it. It's not even about getting your money back. It's about knowing that the right person's going to have your ticket. I, so I feel anyway. Um, 
And I've had many a ticket myself that way by people who wouldn't give it away unless they knew he was getting it. But what that that is so much harder now. You know, you've got to you can send it on by email and stuff like that, but it just feels like it's not quite as accessible. That that last minute ticket in the pub feeling seems to have gone. Whether I'm sure people will work around it, but it's just not just not the same as it was. And you know, plenty of people are going the game, but I don't know. There's that impromptu sort of local fan, and this is I'm going to go at any visiting fans from further afield because sometimes the fans from further afield are louder than the locals. I've definitely found that, but. Whatever it is, they just, I don't know, it's almost like, this, again, maybe that word is complacency from some of the fans. You know, they couldn't get rid of the ticket, so they turned up. They weren't really in the mood that night because, you know, they've had to cancel something else. And, you know, you think they shouldn't even have that ticket if that's your attitude. But the thing is, there's people on the ground, isn't there, with that kind of attitude? You just get the feeling like they're going through the motions and taking it for granted. Yeah, I, think, I felt like, like last night it was taken for granted that we were going to get the results, you know. Leeds are the greatest shakes, but you know you still go in there, you still make some noise, and even at the weekend against Norwich, it was it was definitely quiet in the first half, and then you know it picked up in the second half, and as the goals start going in, it gets a little bit louder. But even last night, it was like I was sat on. I if you were to look at the car, um, you know, from the Anfield Road, and I was sat on the right hand side on the very back row, and that side, especially, there was songs trying to get going, yeah. but fading out. The other side of the cop where they've sat for pretty much all the games this season, it seems a lot more vocal. Now, whether there's just a, a collection of hardcore fans there who, who get the songs going a lot better as it moves along the, the concourse, uh, the, the terrace, it, it seems to lose a bit of, you know, a bit of volume, a bit of velocity, but you know, there's certain certain songs that people try and get going, and it, it's it's being stamped out. You know, it's being well known that you know Liverpool as a city, as people, and members, and fans of the Tories, it's been well documented for numerous reasons. We won't get into too much about it, and there was a little bit of a you know a tirade against them, and you know singing it, and I think it's sort of being stamped out as like you know. We can say it, but you know the message is is lost a little bit now because you know you, you can only say things so much and, and things aren't happening. Um, you say things it, aren't changing. You save it for when you need it, don't you? If there's just been something yeah. happened that you know you're making a statement about something that's just happened. The trouble with, without getting overly political, the trouble with Tories is there's always something bad about Tories, but they actually have these moments where they do something even worse by their standards, and um, I suppose that's the same with any government, but. It, what they've done to this city down the years is, is is horrific, and every so often they'll do something else, and that that's when we need to shout. I think, yeah, and, I agree. Yeah, make our voice heard. I think, like you know, in times of like you know, the Hillsborough campaign and stuff like that in in recent times, and we, we've stood up and made our voice heard. Then, and I imagine the lads going to Wembley, lads and girls going to Wembley at the weekend. You know, against Chelsea, notorious Tory club. Yeah. That song will be probably belted out, and and at the time and place to do it, you know, not not Leeds. Like Leeds are going to come and sing, you know, sign on and give you the whole lower league stuff. Um, yeah. At one point last night, they were saying stand up if you're eight man you, and a few people <laughs> in the main stand, you know, fell for it, um, and quickly the cop within five ten seconds, the cop belted out a Liverpool chance. You know, like we're, we're, we're too good for that. We don't need to do that. Like, no. 
that that's lower league behaviour, as I call it. Um, we, we, we we play lower league bingo. I've sort of told you this before, like yeah. you know, ticking off the chance, and it comes all the time. I like, we're bigger and better than that, but yeah, sometimes at the moment the atmosphere just seems a bit lost. If he feels like there's a bit of a like, like a, a discord between you know certain members of the fan base who who want things one way and other things another way, and at the heart of it all, I think that there is a a large local core bunch of fans who do go home and away. And, you know, credit to those lads for, for their commitment to the club. And they're the ones who come up with the songs, like the Diogo Jota song and stuff like that. And they sort of, unwritten rule, decide, you know, like, it's time that we knock this song on the head or it's time that we get this song going. And, you know, it it, it just seems a bit of a, bit of a, a clashing of heads sort of thing. And, all that leads to is sometimes a flat atmosphere and at this time of the season that's not what we need we need to all be pulling in one direction and going the right way I think yeah I think as well the, the thing with the away fans and I think this is why away visit away fans at Anfield if you like visiting fans seem louder is that whatever happens at their own ground they've they've, they've gone out for the day loads of them have travelled together loads of them have been you know with each other for the for the a good part of the day instead of just nipping I mean let's face it nowadays a lot of time you meet someone at the ground like you literally you you haven't seen them until like five minutes before kickoff. Quite often, with the person you're sitting next to and the people around you and stuff like that. But when it's an away game, there's more likelihood that you've been with them all the time, and then you sit with them in the game, and that just that just sort of builds an atmosphere. And I think, I mean, I I think that we need to find a way that we can somehow let maybe let the cop be sort of no ticket numbers, you know, no seat numbers if you like. You can maybe you get your ticket for a block, and first come first served or whatever. I mean the. There's got to be some respect from people because you know people will be pushing each other out of the way and that. But the thing is, it's like it's it's just you know trying to get you know I want to sit here, I want to sit here, you know. But I, I just think it's a good way of doing it that the way it used to be in the cop when we all stood was that however you got to the game, however you paid, whether you had a season ticket or you paid on the day or whatever, you could find your way on the cop to your mates. And then you, when you're with your mates, you make more noise. It's just standard how how things work if you're a bit of an extrovert you don't care who's with you but we aren't all extroverts and you kind of need that bit of help from your mates around you so i think you know it'd be ideal if we could find a way that this this core the traveling reds could get to go to games and sit together on the cop rather than being almost certainly in a lot of cases spread out all over the ground with little clusters here and there maybe um do that get the cop singing and i think the rest of the ground it will follow the only other thing is that I don't know what it is, but we, we seem to have trouble getting people to know the words to songs these days. I don't yes. want us to start putting the words up on the scoreboard or anything, you know, but, you know, someone needs to put the words online somewhere and just quietly nod to people that you can go and, you know, go and learn the lyrics before you get here. Yeah, I mean, there is variations of songs that get put out there. and I think I heard it a couple of times last night, the Bobby Firmino song that gets very often confused. The new Jota one, the you know, lead us to victory, take us to victory. You know, it, it's out there to be found, and people will say the wrong things, or you know, not say the wrong things, but you know, they they, they make their own interpretation of it up. And as you say, that the, the split of fans, like sometimes in one aspect, you may think, oh, you know, if the, if the if these lads are dotted around in various sections of the ground, and it will rouse the people around them to to get going, but then. As you, on the flip side of that, if they're all within one core area, they, like, the the sort of fan base I look at is Crystal Palace, who are all focused within one area of the ground. They're, yeah. they're in, you know, in abbreviated 
uh, hyphen things, comet, whatever it's called, uh, quotations. Sorry, the the ultras yeah. as they as they as they raise themselves, and you get it in, you know, European football especially. They get the crowd going, and everyone follows beyond that. And you know, it it wouldn't be a bad thing if if we could get that together on the cop and. I'm fortunate enough to to have tickets within the cop and I'm I'm within the back seven or eight rows, which are currently under the safe standing um, procedure, which yes. does add does add to the atmosphere, does enhance your experience as a fan to be standing safely and not worry about when a goal goes in that you're going to lose your shins and end up in the row in front, and the guy behind you isn't going to tumble over you. Yeah. Um, the lower and, and to know you can stay standing up as now. well. You know. Yeah, the whole Anfield Road lower tier now is standing. Now, I yeah. don't know how that works for the home fans. Sometimes it, you can see the rails, so you know for the fact that these lads and ladies are sat down. Yeah. Um, the away fans obviously stand, and it, it makes for a safer experience for them. We will see in time whether that gets rolled out across the cop, um, because it's obviously going to be taken into account. Um, the families are there the hills with victims and ensuring that their thoughts and feelings are expressed and put forward before, you know, Liverpool as a club roll out a mass safe standing area. Um, I think, I yeah, don't, but I think the Hillsborough families and the survivors, basically standing wasn't what caused it. It was, no, no, it was police and all the rest of it. And, you know, we won't go over it all now, but standing didn't cause it. That was a bit of an excuse almost that that became almost like a scapegoat for it. And, I mean, we got better grounds in some ways because of it. The grounds are safer and we needed to make it better than it was. Because, I mean, even though it wasn't the standing that caused the problem, you, you know it was only a matter of time before it did. It was the fences that caused the problem. Yeah. Yeah. And and, and it, the lack of attitude and lack of sort of respect for supporters that these are people, not animals, you know. But, yeah, I won't, I won't go on too long about it. You're right. It, we yeah, need to it, listen to what they say, obviously. It, it, it's taken their feelings into account because... As a as a consequence of that, like Caesar Stadiums were were rolled out, weren't they? Um, you know, to to make it much safer for fans to go to a game. Um, but as 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 we said, like standing will never be eradicated, and especially away sections um, and hardcore home sections of ground. So it, it maybe would enhance the experience and would make people feel a bit more comfortable to to sing and shout. Um, but yeah, we won't delve into the rabbit hole. But maybe that's one thing. Eventually, if if the cop become a standing area, or even if the the core behind the goal was was standing, and you know the the rest was seated and it filtered outwards, it it may enhance the experience. But yeah, back to the original point, the the atmosphere at times is a bit flat, and I felt at the end of the game, the clock went down there and give a lot more than as usual free fist pumps and. To me, that was that was a message of you know he, he always comments on the atmosphere, and I think last night he said it was good. Um, what it was like from where he was sat or stood, I, I don't know, but it felt to me like he was he was rousing the fans and saying like, "Look, we've got a hell of a fight on our hands. Start Sunday. Yeah, you need to get behind us. You need to be with us." And he was he was very passionate in his actions, and I felt like that was a sort of a an unwritten message to say, like, you know, we weren't great tonight in in the crowd. We we can't be like that again. We need to to get behind the lads because they've just put six past leads. Now we need to to raise our levels. Understand? 
Yeah, it's, it's it's right. I mean, I mean Wembley as well. I mean, let's let, let's not hide from the fact that we're playing at an iconic stadium, even if it's not the actual iconic stadium because that got knocked down a while ago. It's a stadium that, as big as it is, and as much of an atmosphere as it can have, as England matches often prove, it can be such a place of like it can be just a dismal, dreary place if people don't get behind the team. They can go quiet, and I think I don't know. I, I mean, certainly at Anfield, certainly in away games, certainly happening to Liverpool, it's surprising how much it makes a difference to the players on the pitch when the, when you're behind your team. The difference it makes to the opposition as well. You know, the, I mean, I've seen it. I mean, like you mentioned Crystal Palace, that is probably one of the most intimidating grounds to go to in terms of what the fans do to get behind their team. That That is a kind of place that can really... Um, they are a 12th man, I'll give them that. I mean, the, they get behind the team home and away in a way that we could learn a few lessons from, I think. But, you know, Wembley... I mean, one of one of the issues with Anfield might be that it's getting so big that the people who sing are getting further and further spread out. But at Wembley, that can happen. But my thing about, you know, you, you travel down with your mates, hopefully there's a bit more of that. Although with ballots and things like that, you just don't know, do you? People are going to get where they can. But that's the thing. It, it's a final. You might not get to another one. We're on, We're fighting on four fronts. That might be the only final we actually get to this season. You don't know when the next one's going to be. You've got to make the most of it. And if you don't think you can, there's plenty of people who will take your ticket off you, including the person I'm talking to now. <laughs> yeah, I'll take anyone's. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah as, as you say, I was unfortunate enough not to get one. Um, the, the price has been banded around. Absolutely ludicrous. Like I've outed about four or five different people on Twitter in the past two weeks for you know, exploiting real fans, as I would put it. You know, I, I feel aggrieved that I didn't get one. Um, you know, as, as somebody who goes to near enough every single game at home, whatever the um, competition, and there's people out there getting tickets and exploiting other fans for hundreds of pounds. And, and you know, the top place tickets are 100 quid. Like, you should yeah. not be doing exploitation of fans. Uh, but sadly, it's always going to happen. No, leave that, um, leave that to the FA and that because they'll do it with their hospitality packages, won't they? <laughs> of course, yeah. Um, but yeah, just on the stadium itself as Wembley, it, it it's huge. Like if ever you've you've visited the new Wembley, if you've had the the privilege of going, it is huge, and the atmosphere can sort of be a little bit lost because of the the design of it. It the sound goes out where you know it. it Again, referring to Anfield and Sellers Park, the the square design, the the roofs that come over, it, the design to withhold the stand, it withhold the sound and keep it within. Um, Wembley can be a little bit lost upon that, but anybody going there the weekend should feel highly privileged, highly lucky, and go there and give absolutely everything they got because you you know the lads on the pitch are going to do that. You know Klopp's not going to let anybody's standard slip below a hundred percent. We need to be given a hundred percent in the crowd because if you're not given a hundred percent, then as you say that there's a, there's hundreds and thousands of people out there who would do anything to get there and give a hundred and twenty five, hundred and thirty percent because it's not very often we get to finals domestically. Um, I think we twenty seventeen, I think was our last one, um, and that didn't turn out too great. So you know, let let let's go there and 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 put a marker down for the season, right? We were born as Liverpool fans and brought up on success. I, you lived through the success. I was brought up on stories of success, and 
and trophies and it's what you'd always want to see us do and this is the first opportunity this season to put one in the cabinet and we've got a special affinity with the League Cup. A little plug for yourself here, there's a handy podcast on Anfield yes. Index with yourself and Sir Kenny Daglish. that's a fantastic listen that I really enjoyed the other day. Um, <laughs> you know, you can point the listener in the direction of that because if you have got any interest in Liverpool at all, which is why you're probably listening to us now, that's definitely something you should get your ears on before the cup final because the King's on fine form. Yes, um, he, he was. <laughs> it, it was a joy to listen to, but he, you know, hammered on the fact that this competition, although it's it's seen by many as probably the lowest priority at the time when that whistle goes, it's the top priority, and it's something that we've got to, you know, get out there and put all our our hearts, thoughts, minds, and voices into, and make sure we bring it on. And it's all about making memories, isn't it? I mean, the thing is that that was, I mean, that it was a privilege to be able to speak to the king the other day. Um, it's strange actually when Robbie Fowler was was on TV the other week, and they were talking about his goal records and how he overtake overtook Kenny and. Whoever was talking to him and saying, "Oh, do you sort of like do you rib Kenny about that?" He's like, "Do I, what? No, I still call him sir, you know." And it's like it, it, it's hard to put it into context how how big how big King uh, Kenny Dalglish is at Anfield. It is really hard to put that into context. And I've been lucky enough to speak to a lot of former players, a lot of players who were current at the time, and so on and so forth, and managers and all the rest of it. But yeah, the King is the one who really sort of makes me. Well, the first time I met him, I hardly spoke. You know that, that he, yeah, I was dumbstruck. So it's good that I managed to get some words out the other night. But yeah, he, he, and he is a legend. I mean, he really is an absolute legend to this club. He did so much for the club, and there's, that's well documented. But his memory is unbelievable, and he's so quick. You know, he, he may not be quick on the field anymore like he used to be, but he's certainly quick with his wit, and he remembers so much detail about the games. Um, so please, yeah, please have a listen to that if you can, because it's much better listening to someone like Kenny than any of us, because he really does know his stuff. He's literally been there and done that. He was the manager in our last win in this competition, and he was he was a player in our first ever win in this competition. So hopefully, one of those stats will be going away soon. But one thing that that and that is that's available now on Anfield Index. Whether you're a subscriber or not, you can listen, of course. Preferably as a subscriber because then you get to listen without the ads and there's all the other bonuses you get. But plenty of other people will tell you about all that. Have a listen to that if you can. What I didn't do was I started off by talking to Kenny about a final that we didn't win in, like his first final, League Cup final with Liverpool. But what I didn't do was talk about another one that happened where we lost. So we were thinking maybe for this we'll talk about some final memories. And I thought, well, maybe that's one to just mention briefly is... The League Cup final, Liverpool against Arsenal. I'm just trying to remember what year it was. And at the time, Liverpool had never lost a game when Ian Rush had scored. And Ian Rush opened the scoring. And then we lost 2-1. And that was one of my worst memories of a final. And I'm saying that because I know Gags is going this weekend. you know. So just <laughs> just to let him know that he's not the only one who can sometimes see us losing a final. But yeah, that that felt like... A jinx at the time and thankfully I've seen us win things as well in finals but yeah that felt like I was being some kind of jinx then because here we go you, Ian Rush scores you thought you were going to win and we didn't <laughs> so that's one memory I have but the thing is someone said to me once outside of Wembley it's better to have been there and lost and never to have been at all which at the time I didn't take very well but as I look back yes okay you're right you're right it is and being in the finals not as good as winning the final but it's still it's still 
great. It's still an experience. And as Kenny said the other day, getting in the final is all about making those memories. And as I mentioned earlier with the Kiev thing, the game itself is a tiny part of my memories of that experience. And if you get to go to a game at Wembley, or even if you just watch it on TV, you know, there's so much more to it. So just hope you enjoy it. But that, that's one of my bad memories. And I think I think there's plenty of good memories. And I think I'll just briefly touch on it. The, the good memories, that last one, that one where we won, the final with the um, Charlie Adams penalty that still hasn't landed. That, that we... overtook my head, that. And it <laughs> took me, uh, me bobble hat off. <laughs> I was on about row 30 as well and it flew over my head. <laughs> so I don't know where that landed. I know, it, it was like, what the hell? And uh, I'll be honest with you, Kenny the other night mentioned it and he still sounded like he was a bit annoyed by it still. So, but anyway, it didn't matter because we won, didn't we? But that was on pens. And I think something that... that but other ones I was talking to Kenny about, a lot of them went to extra time and replays, so things have changed. It's penalty spots and things now and we've got we've got a man we've got a man between the sticks on Sunday who might have something to say if it goes to pens, because obviously Allison's supposedly not playing in this one. So I know Kyle Hurst's supposed to be good at pens, so so Kenny says. But what would you um quickly cup final of yours that springs to mind that you remember? Um, well, as I say, I was at that 2012 one. Uh, thankfully, we, we came away with the trophy. I was also at the, I think it was 2017 when we lost to Man City. Yeah. Um, thankfully, I was slightly under the influence of a few beers and had to watch the first half through one eye um, because we were that <laughs> high up and we, we weren't quite sure of my whereabouts. Um, and, you know, there was there's no better feeling when you, you nick an equaliser than that one. I think it was Coutinho. Um, but sadly, we lost out. Um, but one one of my uh, old classic memories was one that I didn't go to was I think it was Birmingham in um, 2001 or 2003 uh, I think it was 2001 Robbie Fowler hitting a, a volley of slash you know strike from about 25 yards looping into the top of the net um, it was with the roof on at Cardiff wasn't it yeah so I think it was say 2001 I think it one. was the first of the the treble the season, treble, yeah. Um, and as a, as a lad who grew up idolising Robbie Fowler, it was, you know, if he scored, it was as you as with you, it was Ian Rush for me. It was Robbie Fowler. If yeah. if he scores, then you know, that that's the game for me. Um, and you know that that started the ball rolling for that season. It was a classic cup team, but I just remember that was probably my first real experience as a, as a young lad growing up or will have been around about 13 at the time um, you know you're really into your football then because I do vaguely remember the was it 94 final uh, with McManaman and the Coca-Cola Cup yeah um, I remember the, the actual McManaman getting the Man of the Match award which was like a bronze statue of a player sort of striking a ball they but still I do that I think I think that's like a I think that's uh, yeah. out every League Cup, yeah. I don't really remember the game as as a you know, as a spectacle, but two thousand and one um was one that I do remember. Um and I also remember going to Liverpool versus Chelsea and it was Mourinho's first season and he we were sat just behind um the dugouts and he gave it the old shush oh, to the Liverpool yeah. fans and that didn't turn out well for him. Um you know, just just a couple of light-hearted memories, and at the time it was, you know, you know, Liverpool Chelsea toxic rivalry. That's where it sort of started off with Benitez and Mourinho, and it's what what led us to, you know, what they were 
deem a big rival today where we just see that, you know, another team. Um, it was where it all began um, with the two clubs and, you know, it brings us full circle to this weekend. Um, you know, the manager that they've got, Tommy Tuchel, um, he's a bit of a character, I think you could say, and I think he probably looks up to Klopp as, you know, sort of a idolisation of Jim football manager. Um, yeah. Not the way Mourinho and Benitez looked at each other. That was slightly more envious. Um, <laughs> but it, it, it does, you know, whet the appetite. And I'm sure, you know, going into the weekend, there'll be replays of, of these finals that we had in, in recent times. But I've had good and bad. I've been there. I've, I've watched on telly. Um, this weekend, it'll be, a, it'll be a telly watch for me again. But, it, it just gives you so, so many memories of these things. I can't seem to remember too many FA Cup memories where, as Kenny was saying on, on the podcast that you did, the, the League Cup seems to just have a special affinity. Liverpool in the League Cup, we've won it eight times. We need to get back on the, the top of the mantle of winning it nine times if we can this weekend because City have hoovered them up the last few years. And yeah. it, it, there's that something special there and you just want to win it because the season's still going on and in effect, you know, Chelsea have been awarded for some bizarre reason the opportunity to wear the Club World Cup badge on the kiss after yeah. we were only given the allocation for one game. Like it is a trophy that you can sort of present round and if you can go round the rest of the ground to season, you're not gonna walk around with a Carabao Cup sticker on your arm, but you can all say that, you know, we've already got one in the bag. It's it's one more than anybody else. So yeah, let, let's go down there and, and put a marker down for the rest of the season. I mean, it could be, I mean, whether he'll actually play or not, we don't know, but he's bound to pick the cup up if we win it. And, you know, if nothing else, it's a chance for another Hendo shuffle in front of us, even if uh, even if it's on the TV. I mean, it's not it's it's not the biggest cup to look at, but it's big enough. It's it's at Wembley, which is iconic, It's a, and it's a warm-up for maybe we can get to the final again in the other cup. Just, um, I think, though, when you're saying you're not going on Sunday, it's like... They're still like with with me. I'm always sort of like thinking, I'm not going, or am I? And that the reason for that is because the amount of times I've had a ticket at the very last minute. I mean that 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 Kiev game. I, I actually actually go over anyway from a sort of work reason, so that, that's why the cost was okay for me because I sort of got stuff. A lot of stuff was sort of within work, you know, covered by work at where I was working at the time. But the actual match ticket I got on the plane out there, you know, so I could have easily spent a day. Not anywhere, you know, a day in Kiev without going to a game. The other, me, me closest one though was actually, I think it was the cup final, the FA Cup final, the, the season where Kenny in Kenny's last season as manager. So we won the League Cup and then we had the FA Cup, which we didn't unfortunately do well with. And I sort of mentioned it the other day and I got my ticket absolute last minute. I had to get it. I picked my ticket up. I'm pretty sure I picked it up in, in Liverpool at sort of half 12 and the match kicked off at five. So we had to get down there. The missus drove. She was going to drive half of it, but she ended up driving all of it. And then she insisted that we drive to the hotel and make my own way from there, which made sense because she wouldn't have got near Wembley. And somehow we managed to get down there and managed to get into the hotel, get a cab and get to the ground and got in just in time to miss the national anthem, which is perfect for me. Um, <laughs> of course. But one of my memories was, and I mentioned it briefly, was I looked out the window, I was going up this escalator because it, it turned out these tickets were quite decent ones. Um, I was going up this escalator and out the window I could see these steps and people trying to get in and Alan Hansen and his daughter were legging it up the steps as if they'd gone to the wrong entrance and couldn't find the way in so it was a bit it was just one of those sort of surreal moments that Alan Hansen's running up these steps to get in this ground 
as it was, that wasn't a great finish. But again, this is another thing. It's the memory of that of that day of the madness of getting down there, the madness of getting the ticket at the last minute, the sur- the surreality is that the word of seeing Alan Hansen there like that. Um, that's what I love about this game. It just it gives you so many good memories. Even the bad times can be good. Yeah, and you know I've got memories of going down to this game on a train and getting up early, early doors and boarding the train. Um, I think it was was it the the Cardiff game? Um, there was about five or six of us <laughs> jumped on a train at Liverpool Lime Street. Um, off we went down to Birmingham, swapped at Birmingham, down to Watford, tube from Watford over to Wembley, and. It's it's that that sense of a jaw massive adventure almost yeah. you know where you you go to places you've never been before you you you're seeing things you've never seen before and you know as as in a hard battle last night the outcome is sometimes better than what you'd expected um, sometimes it's not um, but it, it's that that sense of camaraderie there's that the sense of of doing things with with your with your friends and going going to these places and. Wembley, you know, I, I never got the the pleasure of going to the old Wembley, and for someone like yourself who did it, it it is always the the original Wembley to you. This is the the new Wembley, um, yeah. and I, I got the the joy of going to the Millennium Stadium, which was slightly different experience because it you, you sort of have to get a coach there from Liverpool. It's not as easy accessible, um, but as much as as Liverpool and Scousers are disconnected from, you know, the national team and are disconnected from, you know, the the whole, you know, politics and the royal family and all that business. Um, you'll probably find out for yourself suddenly if you if you tune in and hear the national anthem how <laughs> it's well received by Liverpool fans. Um there is that that special air of, of going to the national stadium. It is it is something special. It's not like any other ground you sort of visit it. It is, you know, a little bit bit different. And we, we we called it Anfield South for a reason, and yeah. you know there's a potential this year, you know, given the the political aspect of what's going on, that if all goes well in in competitions, we could be going there three or four times, and then it would be you know re-establishing Anfield South as as a destination for us. That would be something that we could you know really re- reclaim as as our own. I think I think like although the stadium's changed, I think one thing that hasn't changed or doesn't feel like it's changed is the the, the so-called Wembley Way, you know that sort of sort of long road if you like from one of the tube stations to the to the ground and the one that's always full of fans making the way and you kind of get split off to whichever end you're going to be, whichever you know whichever your end is of the ground and stuff. So this and and I still think and I mean it's been there so long now it's got its own sort of iconic status i mean the twin towers were the twin towers and standing at wembley was an experience that that i'll never forget it was very steep terracing from what i remember it felt like every sort of step was like the height of two steps on the cop kind of thing but it it was it was a special place it was loads of atmosphere and there can be atmosphere at this wembley it's just that there's times when there's not i don't think they help at this wembley because they play music and stuff as loud as they possibly can and in the end, it's almost like people can't talk to each other without shouting. They can't definitely can't get sing, songs going very easily. I think you know sometimes I just think shut up and let the fans do it. This is football. This is what the atmosphere is. I mean, okay, I suppose if it is like Tottenham against Arsenal, it's going to be quiet and you need to play music. But if Liverpool are there, you don't need to really, do you? Not for a final. No, it, it, 
there's nothing really annoys me more than the falsified atmosphere that you see at a, like the likes of Wolves do this pathetic light show and, and dramatic and music and spares and you know it, it's all a bit Americanified for me and as much as I love me American sports of the NFL for example I, you know the best NFL stadiums are the old stadiums the ones that aren't you know LED or plastered all around and you know super screens it, it's the old stadiums where you know it, it might have a, a scoreboard at the end each end of the, of the ground and the fans create the atmosphere like it is it is highly annoying this whole dramatic music and light show um, business but harping back to what we again we said earlier on like the Liverpool fans should be in there in, in fine voice and fine fettle and you know we, we will make enough noise you know it doesn't take much to out sing Chelsea because they've only got one song and it's just the repetitive name of the club um Oh, they've got, they've got yeah. that other one as well, haven't they, where they sing about someone who fell over him and gave someone else a league title or something, you know. Oh yeah, but um, you know, it might be it might be drowned out by the waving of the plastic flag that they've got. Yeah. Um you know, that 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 whipping noise of the plastic against stick. Um But yeah, <laughs> it, it it's just it, it it in a way it bugs you, but then at the same time you just have to laugh and think, you know, I have you not got anything no originality about you that you know you, you've only got one or two songs and you know for a fact that if there's an alternative commentary to what Sky will be offering then I'll be trying to find it because they'll be playing into the narrative of you know how great the atmosphere is and how much the Chelsea fans are contributing to that when in reality it'll just be us because we've got a plethora of the songs a plethora of atmosphere and um, we'll bring the colour like we'll bring everything with us um, yeah. And more, um, I, I'm I'm looking forward to it more than more than anything. That it, it, it's an opportunity to to put our foot down, um, and as I said earlier, on, just take us into the rest of the season. Like this is what Pep's had a stranglehold on. Um, however much you value the Carabao Cup, he he clearly does, um, and it'll probably bug him. It'll already be in his head that we're there and he's not. If if we put this trophy in the in the cabinet on Sunday, you know, after they've probably been to Goodison Park and tickled Fat Frank's belly and taken the three points and five goals away from there because we all know that's what's gonna happen. Um it will still be in his head and bugging him that we're three points behind or well, we'll be six by Sunday probably anyway. Um but we'll have a trophy in the bag. Yeah. And that that'll that'll be bugging him. And and It'll, we'll revel in it. Um, you know, I don't want to get too ahead of ourselves and look down the line to April 9th or 10th, whatever it could be that we we face Man City now. But I'm 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 more infused by you know playing the mind games because he will self implode. We've seen it before. We know yeah. what's going to happen. It's in our hands as well. That's the thing that's going to wind him up more than anything because whether it is a six-point gap or not, I mean, if it's not, it's definitely in our hands, but it's in our hands if it's as things stand because we've got the goal difference and if we beat them when we play them, then as long as we match them for all the other games we all play them, we, we've won the league. You know, it's unless you know unless they do a lot of 10 nils or something, the chances are that we'll, we'll be ahead of them, you know, and it is in our hands, which, which is a good place to be and... You know, we'll see what kind of nerve, what they're like with nerves and stuff like that as the season goes on. They're not that kind of team, but you know, there's so many twists and turns in a season that you can get. And I think 
and what I love about Liverpool is we always take it one game at a time. It's hard to do that when you've got a cup final coming up. So there was a lot of talk, I'm sure. I mean, one of the reasons I think you would have been expecting a more atmosphere at Anfield last night would have been there's a cup final on the horizon. It's usually the pre-cup final party, the last home game before Wembley, isn't it? And that, that would have been another reason you'd have expected a crowd. But, you know, we we can look ahead to this game and then when that's, when that's gone, we just look at one game at a time. But, you know... If we keep playing the way we are and we keep finding these results and just showing this determination, then we've got we 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 could well be winning that title. We're certainly going to make them fight for it. It's going to be you know it's a long season, um, and you like you know what it's going to be difficult for Everton fans, isn't it? What will they want most to to, to avoid relegation or to try and stop us winning the league? It's going to be a tough choice for them. I mean, there was a quote flying around was it the other day? A lad get admitted he gets more joy from. Seeing us lose and seeing Everton win, well, you know, you must have had a long year because we've only lost twice yeah. in any competitions. You know, like, I can't imagine what it's like in this household every week. But uh, I love how it'd be like thinking people are surprised to hear it. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> we're, we're not. Like, you know, 25 years or 27 years now, sorry, something like that, that, you know, the clock's been ticking, that you've, you've not won a trophy and here's us challenging for four, and you're hoping that we, we lose a game, uh, you know. That you've got bigger fish to fry, mate. You've got bigger things to worry about, and as I said, I I fully expect them to roll over. And you know they'll probably applaud Man City off the pitch. That's the type of fickle fan base that they are, and think you know we can we can ply our trade somewhere else and get you know three points further down the line. But you know the games are running out for for Man City for Everton, and you know as long as we keep winning, we're going to make two very disappointed fan bases there because if if the impossible happens and we win the league and somehow, you know, Everton go down, I think the city myself implode because <laughs> because I, I genuinely don't know what will happen. Um, you know, can you imagine like Liverpool fans lying in the houses, lying in the streets with red flags and banners and and these lads are looking forward to a trip to Rotherham and Barnsley next year, you know. <laughs> that 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 for me would be the end of football, you know, like if, if Putin wants to do what he's doing with Ukraine, then it's not going to top that. Nothing will, <laughs> you know. Um, it, it It's something that you, you dream of, you know, if, if they went down just for one year, it would be the best feeling that you could walk into work on a on a Tuesday morning and go, who've you got tonight, young fella? Oh, <laughs> QPR at home? Oh, never mind. We're going to the, you know, the burn about tonight. <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. These sorts of things. Um but yeah, you know, it, we've we've got to take one game at a time, and the next game is the most important. So it is cliche, but when we're, we're fighting on so many fronts and the the squad that we've got, then we are, as I've said before, we're, we're in this blessed position to to be able to challenge, and we've we've got to enjoy it. We've just got to take it, the one game at a time, and we we've got the momentum, we've got all the aces in our pack, and. There is no reason why we can't end the success, end the season successfully. And if it's one, if it's two, if it's three, if the if the unthinkable isn't it's four that we put in in the cabinet, you know, it's it's a good season. It's a great season. It could be magical. It could be unforgettable. Um, we've just got to enjoy the ride, get along. That's why you know you you're probably here listening to this podcast because you're a Liverpool fan. You you're enjoying the ride. You you're on board with all the. The podcast that AI are offering, there's 
there's a plethora of content, there's a plethora of games, there's a plethora of trophies. We've just, you know, enjoy it while, while it's here because we've waited so long to get back to the to the top of the mountain that, you know, we don't want to fall straight back down it so quickly. Yeah, that's it. I mean, enjoy the view, but I mean, unless you're actually one of the Liverpool players, don't enjoy the view. Get on with the get on with your job, please. Like, you know, don't stand there enjoy the view. <laughs> I mean, it's funny. I mean, I mean, one of the things as well, we're playing Chelsea, and it's like it's the it's the plastic the plastic fans with the plastic rivalry because that's another. I mean, I'm not going too long now, but you know, our true rivalries are with the Manx, the 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 red shirted Manx, let's face it, the, the blue shirted Manx were never any sort of rival. If anything they were slight allies with us because we, we had something in common with the, the blue side of Manchester for a while um, and the other obviously main rival is Everton. They, they're our true rivalries. Chelsea to me isn't a real rivalry. It was a plastic one that Mourinho kind of kicked off with the shushing as you mentioned and the fact that we just played each other so much but you know there's not they see us as rivals and, and they see us as our, as enemies and all the rest of it. But they, to me, they're just, they're just another team. They're just another team that's doing well. They're not, there's not that same rivalry with them. So I'm sure it'll all get hyped up and I'm sure we'll see loads of reruns of the big games between us. But, you know, I mean, the thing to always remember with this is that it was over the line that time. So that's the thing I always like to remind them of. Yeah. Like I should say the, the fixtures come out at the start of the season. The two games you look for is United and Everton. And then, you know, whatever else. Well, at the moment, it, it's probably United Everton and then Man City because they're a competitive rival on the pitch in terms yeah. of, you know, what, what they're currently doing in the in the recent era. But, you know, it's it's the derby, then it's United, then it's Man City. And then whatever everyone else falls, that's where they fall. Like, that, that's just how I see it. That's probably how yourself and many other Liverpool fans see it. And as, as you say, the... There's nothing better, you know, than playing with your toys and then putting them back in the box. You know, and toys these days are predominantly made from plastic and that's what Chelsea are, they're a toy. You know, we've we've played with them many a times. We've enjoyed it. Sometimes we've, you know, not really enjoyed it too much, but nine times out of ten, we've had our fun and then we put them back in the box and then we move on and then we go and get something shiny and play with that instead. Yes, definitely. Definitely. You know what? I think we'll leave it on that because we, we're, we're getting ourselves a bit too excited here for, for the game. Um, have you got any predictions or anything for the game? Do you think you can predict it? I don't think I can. Kenny wouldn't predict it the other day. Um, I would just say, you know, we, we come away with the trophy. Um, I'd love it to just be within the 90 minutes. Um, I would, I would like it to be as comfortable as you know, a couple of goals in our favour. I wouldn't want to be having a nervous tension of a cup final where there's, you know, there's a goal in it. If we can, if we can get to the luxury position of being within a two-goal lead, then um, I would take that all day. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't want to risk penalties as, as much as you know. We, we've got a decent lad in goal. We can save a few pens, and we've seen it along the the run to the final. Um, I, I just don't like that jeopardy. I'd, I'd rather, you know, for the lads and ladies who are going, you know, go down there and enjoy your day. And if you can, you can get out of there within the ninety minutes. And plus, you know, the the little parade for a trophy. Luckily enough, these these people will catch the the coaches and the trains back and get back to the the respective homes in the city um, within good time. Because let me tell you, there's nothing worse than trying to run for a train from Wembley. Make sure you get back up north. <laughs> you've you've probably done it yourself. It's it's not a nice feeling. <laughs> 
No, it's not a nice feeling when you've lost a game and you're sat on a coach. You've decided to do it that way and you and you sat and sat and sat and then eventually you move and then you don't move again for ages and stuff. So, yeah, considering considering it's a national stadium, they've not really sorted out the way out of it very well, have they? But anyway, who cares? It's all part of the fun. It's all part of the adventure. Win or lose, this is it. We support the Reds. And listen, thanks, thanks so much, Jay, for today. Thanks to Liverpool for giving us something to talk about again. They always do. And thanks to you for listening. There's loads of stuff, as we've mentioned, on Anfield Index. I hope you can subscribe because that's definitely the best way to listen and it definitely makes it easier for us to keep doing doing what we do. But no no trouble if you can't. You put up with the ads, unfortunately. But, you know, it's free. We wanted everyone to be able to listen. And now I hope you can. And I hope you do enjoy what you're listening to. And anyone who is a subscriber and gets on the Discord and wants to send us a message on there, feel free to do so because we'll do our best to talk about the stuff that you want to hear. But for now, for me and Jay, that's it. Enjoy the football, enjoy the final, enjoy being a Red, and we'll see you soon. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement, and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds. And it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.